It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Sorry that we're running late today. We had a little bit of TikTok to talk about. Because I love me some doggy TikTok. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Ray. Welcome to the Dear Pats Nation podcast with yours truly, your boy, Ray. And uh, we're going to have a good time here tonight, guys. Right? Make sure you go check out rayroute.com. Make sure you check out deanbundell.com. Download the halftime app. Download Newsbreak and check out our Patreon page. Don't forget, tomorrow night, going live at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we will be live up until the 30-second pick for our draft party. There's a buzz in the air. The excitement is coming. Immediately after the live show tonight, we will be dropping that link. So make sure you check it out. Wait, come, and enjoy the day with us. We got a, a Buffalo Bills fan with us today. Mario from Hashtag Sports. You all know that, though. Uh, what are we going to be doing today? Fantasy Football 101. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wide receiver Mike Evans. We're going to do a little bit of to bet or not to bet the Los Angeles Rams winning the Super Bowl. We're going to answer those Patreon questions. We're going to be serving Pats Nation, meaning um, doing a Patriot story. Today we're going to be talking about Devin McCourty not giving up touchdowns. We're going to do a player profiles. Buffalo Bills uh, offensive lineman Deion Dawkins posted a career high 82.2 pass block grade on PFF. Uh, because we have Mario here, I want to talk a little bit. I wanted to do Jordan Poyer, but this Dawkins one interests me because Dawkins is an interesting player to me. That's why I brought on Mario, and I want to hear a little bit more about that offensive line because we know that he has some future concerns for them. And uh, NFL fun facts, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and Kirk Cousins are the best quarterbacks against the Blitz. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But right now, let's bring in producer Mike. Producer Mike, what's going on, man? What's going on? So someone today, I don't know if you saw the tweet today, someone responded to my tweet today and said that uh, they want to take over your job because the show is becoming virtually unwatchable. Wow. How do you my deal with that type of criticism? My heart is broken. Yeah. Apparently it's because every time we go on a big roll, the show goes off in a different direction. And I was like, dude, did you ever watch it with Connor and I? Yeah, that's a... <laughs> uh, wow. I'll, uh, maybe it's be because sleeper. I was trying to maybe it's because I was trying to talk about DeAndre Swift. And we kept talking about Baker Mayfield for two days. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm just I feel gonna like go. this was stemmed from two nights ago when I was trying to talk about Nelson Aguilar and Ken, Nikhil Harry, and you kept talking. You kept bringing up the. I'm, just, yeah, I'm just trade. sitting there, spaced like, wow, tight ends are awesome, man. <laughs> Mike <laughs> likes his tight ends. Mike, dude, we got big news, bro. We got big, big news. Big, huge, huge news. Huge huge big technically starting tomorrow which was originally supposed to just be for the draft party but moving forward every episode of the dear Pats nation podcast will be going live across the dean blondell network on all their social media platforms yeah let's give ourselves a hand huge huge for us 
that means sponsorships dude that means money that means you know we continue to do this content and pump it out and i was on the phone uh, i've been on the phone for the last couple of weeks with the creators of the halftime app they're going in a different direction with the new thing and uh it's going to be pretty sweet and mike and i have to discuss it because i need his help setting up a profile because i don't really get it and Mike is a technical guy. Then this guy just told me to give you his email. So if you have any questions, you can just yeah, email him. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll get it going. But uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be doing that, and um, we might be switching the whole Patreon over there. And this it's gonna be uh, good fun times, man. Um, Excited for the future. I am too. But let's get this show started. Let's bring in our guest. Let's do it, Mister Mario from Hashtag Sports. Good evening, good evening, gentlemen. What up, dear Pets Nation? How's everybody doing tonight? Welcome to the show, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm rolling. I'm ready to have some discussion. That's non-draft talk, as you as do. you've pointed out uh, so emphatically on Twitter. So you know, I, any of you guys, dear Patch Nation, uh, is your first time here, or if you've ever worn a Patriots jersey, you gotta smash that like button down below. Smash the like button, subscribe, all that kind of good stuff. Let me ask you over on hashtime or hashtag <laughs> hashtime hashtag sports. We're switching it now. It's hashtag sports. Hashtag sports. I like that. Um, how much draft content have you guys put out this month? Oh, God. Uh, none. No, not none. You just did one the other night. I was there. You did a we mock did, draft. Uh, we did a mock draft. I, I crashed the party on Friday night. Uh, you left the, ours to go to that one. Yes, I did. How disappointed I did. was I that you left my YouTube channel to go work on your own? <laughs> <laughs> Were you? I didn't hear anything from you. How you came you? in. I did. I didn't. I didn't watch it that Um, long. As as you know, I wouldn't watch myself. I'm not into the live streams. I'm into the car. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So we uh we did we did the draft content. Those guys been working really hard on on that stuff. We have a draft show coming up, and also uh we Paul and I did a player profile for uh for on Brees Hall because he's been a very hot topic for Buffalo Bills fans. Uh, a lot of people want to take him with the 25th overall pick. I am not so high on that. Paul is. So we'll just have to see tomorrow night. See what happens. Yeah, so for me, it was every content creator and their mother is putting out draft content this month. That's all anybody's talking Correct. about. Yeah, uh, you. I'm sure like me, like some days you've got to do a podcast and you're like, uh, you kind of Google what's going on, you know, any any topics. <laughs> and it's all it is is mock draft, mock draft, mock draft, mock draft, mock draft. And I'm like, you know what? We're not going to do any draft content. We're going to do the big draft party on Thursday night. You know what I mean? Like we did. It's our third annual party. We're partnered up with the Dean Bundell Network and DeanBundell.com. And we know we're going to do some fun stuff there. And people are going to pop in and out. Um, I did advertise that you come in and say hello at some point. I may. I may. I will. Here's the thing, though, about it. Rain, I know you noticed this. And I'm like, you noticed this as well. The influx of people that want to get their voice heard after covid because everyone had to go virtual at that time it's just been an insane and complete insanity i can't yeah. tell you how many mock drafts there are out there about certain individuals that are easily forgotten like the next day like because oh, no. after the draft happens you're like well and the people that are right they're gonna tell you if they were right oh, yeah. the guys oh, that yeah. are wrong they will continue to complain about the picks Oh, I know. A hundred percent. Right. I, you're, yeah. you're, you've hit it completely. So anyways, everybody on the planet has been doing draft content. So I said to Mike, we're not doing any draft. We did one and we did it. We, we did a betting thing about which quarterback 
you'd put money on going first based on the odds. So I get, I threw my Gabon, but I didn't, to me, I just, I was like, you know what? Everybody else is doing draft content. I don't want to get sucked into that same hole of just, Hey, you know, like it's, here's another mock draft. Here's another, this, here's another, that. So I was like, no draft content. We're going to be completely different. You know, we're trying to keep our, our show different where we cover a little bit of fantasy. We do a little bit of betting. We do a little bit of analysis. We talk a little bit of shit. You know what I mean? We have a good time and uh, we're going to keep it the same. We want to be different than everybody else. Hey, Mario, what, have you ever been to rayroute.com? I have. It's a wonderful website. Why don't you tell the people more about it, right? I will. Why don't we look at it? Rayroute.com. So uh, you can get all the latest episodes over on rayroute.com. All the podcast episodes. Look, there they are. Boom, 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 boom. Crazy thing is when you click on it, you can listen to it at work, listen to it on your computer. Also list all the different applications you can find it on. Didn't even know that YouTube had a, a podcasting app. So, you know, or so pretty cool about that. Get all our latest videos on there. Get our blogs. And uh, Mike, I have started putting pictures up on the blog thing now because people are complaining. For some reason, you need a picture to see it, but we got blogs up there. And uh, the thing I'm the most excited about, we can go get our store over there. You can get all the new Deer Pass Nation gear. We got three new shirts. I got more cool stuff coming out. We're going to be popping the hashtag stuff on there this weekend. It's uh, maybe not, it's draft weekend, maybe next week. Um, it's going to be a good time though. Go check out rayroute.com. All right, boys. Um, oh, whoa, whoa. Oh, spoilers, spoilers, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Did you know, Ray? Sorry, before I yeah, go on. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Do you know that people actually will put podcasts on and put them at like two times the speed and listen to them while they're at work faster just so they can get through them? You ever notice really? people do there? I know people that do that. They'll, they'll put it on two that. times and then they'll just listen to the podcast straight out like that. I was like, how? Okay. I Maybe drive that's to work. What that person should do when they listen to me so they don't feel so offended. <laughs> Dude, I would just, I would miss so much if I did that. Like, I listen to, you know how many times I'm like driving down the road and I got to like rewind something because my mind wandered? It's like speed rating. <laughs> yeah. Like, because I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts. Like, that's like my main genre that mm. I listen to. Like, old wrestlers, like, who talk about like the old stories. And I listen to this one called um, "Something to Wrestle With" with Bruce Pritchard, and I, it's one of my my, my go tos. And how many times though, like he's like finishing a story and they're laughing their ass off, and my mind had gone somewhere else, and I'm like, oh shit! Now I'm like trying to rewind it as I'm driving down the road to. Whoops! Is it even called rewinding anymore? I don't even think it's called rewinding anymore, is it? I that's old school. That's his old school. Please be kind. Please be kind and rewind. Oh my god! I had a beta it was machine. Like, it's like that joke about the, the lady that went to go get card. She was buying alcohol. She got carded and her blockbuster card fell out. And the lady that was checking her out said, never mind. <laughs> Dude, I had a beta machine back in the day. A beta. You remember Betamax? Betamax, Betamax man. I had a Betamax. They were the smaller. Know. They were the smaller VHS tapes. I only know Alpha, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I I told you, it's going to be a rare night, my friend. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. All right, boys, let's get into it. We're going to do a little bit of Fantasy 101 right now in association with the Dean Blundell Network and DeanBlundell.com. And we're going to be looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver, Mike Evans. Let me break this down for you guys. We've done a little bit of wide receiver work, but we're going to look at a couple others. Mike Evans is a guy here. So on PFF, he ended up with a 73.2 overall grade. Now, I always say use the PFF grades with a grain of salt. The only time I ever really, really take 
the 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 analytics very serious is when the traditional stats kind of line up with what the analytics are saying. However, here's the traditional stats. He was targeted 110 times last season. That's 25th overall. 74 receptions, 26th overall. He did have 1,035 yards, which was 21st overall, which means I didn't realize so many receivers had over 1,000 yards in receiving last year. Uh, 14 receiving touchdowns. That was good for second. And that's where you're going to get a lot of value uh, in your fantasy football team. Uh, five drops. Now, when I turn around and I look at Mike Evans and I think, do you draft him? Do you not? Of course, we're into sort of that tier three uh, set of players now. So you're looking at early third rounds, mid third round picks. I think that Mike Evans this season is in the perfect position to have a very similar season to last year. Granted that he stays healthy. Chris Godwin re-signed with Tampa Bay. Of course, Tom Brady came out of retirement, so they know the quarterback situation. They have a connection. There's going to be some stability at the quarterback position there. Um, I think when you get a little bit nervous in these situations, it's if Brady stayed retired, if Godwin to go somewhere else, then it's like all you have is Mike Evans. A lot of good things to like about Evans here, but I will turn to the boys. And I will get their opinion on it. Uh, Mario, I'll start with you, man. Do you like Mike Evans? Do you like him? In, let, let's talk from two perspectives. Your, your analytical standpoint, like analyzing him <laughs> as a player. And would you take him on your fantasy team? This is this is where, I mean, the the, the rubber meets the road, right? Because if, I, if I'm sitting there looking at Mike Evans as a fantasy player, because I look at him as he's a guy, a wide receiver you want on your team. He's going to draw double coverages. He's going to do a bunch of things for you. He's going to open up other areas of your team in order for your offense to be successful in other areas. However, as far as from a fantasy standpoint, he is, to me, the classical boom or bust type of guy because of his touchdowns. Now, if he didn't have those touchdowns, he, I mean, Freaking Darnell Mooney had more catches and 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 yards than he did last year. If you don't know, I'll pause while you Google who that is, unless you're from Chicago and you probably still don't know who it is. But you want to talk about you know a model of consistency? We have to go on really the past two years, like you said, of when he's been playing with Tom Brady. Because prior to that, you look at some of his statistics that he had. I mean, this is a guy that's never broken 100 receptions, which seems weird because Mike Evans is such a dynamic a player, but he's always had so many people around him and some dumpster fire offenses. So you look at it between 2020 and 2021, these are what they his statistics are separated by. Five targets, four receptions, 29 yards, one touchdown. His his even his catch percentage is 64.2 and 20. 20 and 64.9 in 2021 so if you're like if you're content with the stat line over 17 games now mind you like Ray, you said that a thousand a lot of Robert Sears had a thousand yards a lot of those guys played an extra game remember that's only 58 if you guys are at home 58.8 yards per game to get a thousand yards that's not really a lot especially from a fantasy perspective so if you're looking at everything can combine you're gonna ballpark 70 something receptions for him just over a thousand yards maybe 12 to 13 touchdowns if you're content with having that as a stat line for me that is a second rounder or later i'm not touching him in the first round he's a first round wide receiver on the field as far as helping your team as far as a fantasy guy second third lower than that it's funny because mike and i have been having these discussions about how there's certain guys that are like you would build like we were talking about DeAndre Swift yesterday the running mm -hmm. back for Detroit yeah. and I was like if I was building a team 
Like I'm if I'm the Buffalo Bills right now and I need that solid number three running back, you know, a third down running back who's gonna get me 400, 500 rushing yards, who's gonna go out and catch me six, seven hundred yards. Like DeAndre Swift's a guy I want on my team. You know what I mean? However, in fantasy, I'm like, there's so many better. I know they have him as the 23rd best, you know, player, but I'm like, there's just so many options of guys who are gonna boom you more. Um, it, it's no, he's not going to be on my fantasy team, but I'm taking him on my on my my real team. You know, yeah. any day of the week. Yeah. Mike, Mike Evans. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of tag along with what Mario said here, and the closest analogy I can make, right, as we've been talking about platooning running backs, Mike Mike Evans is as close to you, as close as what you can get to as a platooning wide receiver. He's really great, but again, always surrounded by great other pieces, right? Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, you know, AB and Gronk the year before. And, you know, they'll probably get Gronk back. Um, and by all reports, that's looking like the favorite place for Julio Jones. So who knows? And who knows how much Julio has left in the tank, but you're still adding something there. Now, um, from a fantasy perspective, yeah, that's right where he would fall for me in about a second, third round kind of guy. You know, if you're picking late in the second, potentially, and you've already got a good wide receiver, he's a great number two, obviously. And, you know, if he ends up being your flex player, then then you did great. But yeah, great number two guy. I just, again, you see the model of consistency. He'll get you some points, but I don't think he's necessarily going to be a backbreaker. What do you think of him as a player? Is he a guy that you'd want on your, like... If you're the New England Patriots, do you want them to sign Mike Evans and pay him the type of money? Yes, because of how consistent he is. I think in a Patriots-style offense especially, I think he would be exactly All right, any offense. I, let's not just specific it to the Patriots. If you're building a team, is Mike Evans on your list of guys that you want on your team? A, again, model of consistency, yes. I think, I think that fits on almost any team. Maybe... I don't know. Maybe somebody like Andy Reid, who's looking for some crazy huge playmaker, he, he would be more of a number two, two role. But yeah, I think almost any team would want him as a number one type of guy. All right, Mario, I'm sure you have one more stat that you want to share with the audience because that's just who you are. So, what is like, let me guess, you have one more stat that you want to share. <laughs> I hate you sometimes. No, yes, but from a fantasy standpoint, I just wanted to throw this out there for you, fantasy nuts. Of the receivers that had double-digit touchdowns and more than 100 targets, there were seven. Mike Evans was last on that list, so take that with consideration if you want. Wow. Mario's too smart to be on this show. You know what, though? (laughs) He is and he isn't. (laughs) If it comes to numbers... Uh, anything else like i can't i wanted to, yeah he's good at math shocking the math teacher is really <laughs> good at, at, at the numbers but you know <laughs> i want to teach you the entertainment business as i you know the setup that you just that give was... away by saying <laughs> that you just i hate you sometimes <laughs> i know but it's a it's a wonderful segue you know it is i you know i find the beautiful you know they, they call that a tease you know, you know they what, call Ray? that a tease. You know what, Ray? I gave it away. The setup I gave away. But you know who doesn't give away things, especially touchdowns? That's Devin McCourty. <laughs> you, you're way too, way too deep into the show for that. I'm out. Too, we are, we are way, way too. We are not even I'm close to right, Devin right. McCourty. Little teaser for you, ladies and gentlemen. Little bit of a teaser. He doesn't. And you know who's even better? Poyer. 
You're just like poking the polar bear. I just know it. No, he's on the list. He's on the top four. He's on the list. We're oh, going to okay. go through it. We're going to go right. through it. Poyer, if you go through, listen, PFF on Twitter is so great because they don't give like grades. Like they give these like weird, obscure stats that like, oh I don't even God. know where to, that I don't even know where to find. And like PFF <laughs> Buffalo has just been like beefing up Poyer, dude. Like they're just like every second tweet is about Jordan Boyer. I love it. Did you see Mr. Baseball? It's a little dated movie, but have you ever seen? I did. Tom Selleck? It's with Stelic. yeah, Selleck. yeah. Tom when Selleck. he has the the one the ones the one quote in the movie, he goes, "He's getting cut." He goes, "You can't cut me. I'm leading the league in ninth inning yeah. doubles in the in month of August." <laughs> That's PFF to me. Yes, his did run you know, blocking grade going north in stadiums. We on are a gonna... sunny day with rain. <laughs> one day, I know I've been poking the bear, and I know I've been having fun with the Jordan Poyer thing, but one day I do want to do a deep dive with Jordan Poyer with you because you know he was the number one safety in zone defense last year? Like the number one most efficient wow. in the, the entire NFL? That is not surprising, but kind of is at the same time because of the volume of my, uh, that they play zone. They play a lot of zone. And you know, you got to remember – majority of that season last year was without Trey White so it was a it was a greater uh honing of the the basic defenses that they ran or toward the end of the year you know what I think uh, I think next week I want to do a Jordan I want to do a Jordan yeah Jordan Poyer um segment with you because I found a few things about him in my in my quest to get him paid that I actually want to have like a real football conversation with you about because there's a there's a lot of, no like not the pay thing anymore but a real football conversation because I was even talking about that and and comparing comparing what he was to what he became is actually is is just brilliant to look at as well oh yeah oh yeah I mean that I've I've commonly called. Um, Frazier McDermott, the cornerback whispers or defensive back whispers on on the Buffalo Bills. I mean, he, they took a failed cornerback in Micah Hyde and a failed experiment of Jordan Poyer in Cleveland. Micah Hyde coming from Green Bay, and they made him the best safety tandem in the league. I thought you were licking your chops and salivating for Buffalo to draft a safety so you can once again lay that carrot out there for everybody. Be like, hey, if they did, uh, if do you, do you understand how? So I don't know if you saw the tweet I threw out last or a couple days ago. It was his birthday, right? And his wife was like, you know, thank you for being a great husband and a father. Blah, blah, blah. And I quote tweeted, I'm like, yeah, now pay the man. <laughs> she liked she liked and retweeted it, and he liked and retweeted it. <laughs> I swear to God. I, Listen, <laughs> all this shit, and it's me and Kevin Gerard who have stirred the entire pot. It's just at it's least beautiful. on Twitter. At least on Twitter. It's it phenomenal. And dude, Bills fans are just like, they've been so mad at me all week for just everything. So it's just been like even, I don't know if you saw it, dude. I got roasted on, um, what day was it, Mike? Monday? Monday. Monday. Because yeah. I wrote an article for DeanBlundell.com called uh, Fantasy 101. Okay. Fantasy Football one. Sorry. Fantasy Football 101. Expect Josh Allen to regress this season. Okay. I spent an entire paragraph gobbling his dick about how he's the most dynamic quarterback in the NFL. I then turned around. Quite and the said, image. Yeah. I then turned around and said, 
Sean, or Sean McDermott does not want Josh Allen running the football 122 times this season. And I'm expecting him to, I'm expecting Buffalo to address the running back situation. And I'm expecting him to them to have some actual run plays where it's not even him improvising. And I said that he's going to go down to about 450 rushing yards. He had over 800 rushing yards last year. I don't think people understand that, right? So I said he's been the top fantasy quarterback for the last two seasons. And a big chunk of that came because of the run game. If the, if Buffalo is determined to reduce that, he's not going to be the number one quarterback in fantasy. Again, fantasy football and real football are two different things. Oh my God. Dude, I got DMs from people. You've never been a clickbait artist. Why are you trying to be a clickbait artist? The fucking title literally started with fantasy football 101 then Josh Allen is going to regress. You could, it was a fantasy football article, dude. I know we had the conversation last week. Like, you know, he's a, you know, he's a nice shiny thing and whatever, but I was like, guys, like I had to put out a video basically saying, chill the fuck out. Like read the article. Don't react to the headline, read it. Cause the first paragraph, I call him the most dynamic quarterback in the NFL and that he's so dangerous. But from a fantasy perspective, I don't think he's going to be the top quarterback this year from fantasy. Oh my God. I'm sorry you have to deal with that. But he, all I know is Brandon Green think, has a hit out on Ray. That's all I know. What's I that? think it gets worse, though. Because What do you mean it gets worse? Because let's just say this. Let's say, for instance, just, just throwing it out there, let's say hashtag wrote that article. Yeah. We would have taken a lot of hits left and right. Maybe got some DMs, like you said. And it probably would have been, you guys are not real fans. You guys aren't part of the mafia or, or to the extreme. I'm talking about the extremists. You know what I mean? Yeah. But most people have been like, these guys cover the bills for a while. Okay. They're okay. They're talking about fantasy. Okay. You know, maybe the fact that it came from a Patriots create content creator, I think stirred the pot up to 11. And people are like, why is he talking about like, it's like, <laughs> The Capulets and the Montagues, like the Montagues talking about the Capulets, you know, I don't know, uh, I don't know about that Juliet, you know, it's like, what are you talking about? You're not in this family. My most viral article that I wrote for the, the website that has like hundreds of thousands of page clicks that the tweet that Dean sent it out on had like something like. 5,000 retweets and like 10,000 likes is titled Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> and the same people, because I know it because a lot of them follow me and I know a lot of them follow me. Be Dude, Jay Spence the King follows me because of that article. That's how we met. He liked my stuff. He liked the tweet and then he, he messaged me at some point or tweeted me. He's like, hey, great article. And I was like, thanks. And then I brought him on the show. So like a lot of these people who were messaging me know my feelings about Josh Allen. I just wrote two weeks ago. Here we are again talking about Josh fucking Allen and how good he is. You know what I mean? So like I, I but I here's the thing and I get it because Patriot fans can be just as sensitive about things, right? But I, just tell your people, tell the Bills Mafia, take a breath, look at the title, use some common sense, and realize 
that fantasy football and normal football are two completely different things. And the the one argument I kept using back to people, I said for three straight seasons, Philip Rivers and Tony Romo were back and forth between the top two quarterbacks in fantasy football. Tony Romo and Philip Rivers. In a time when the league consisted of prime Tom Brady, prime Peyton Manning, prime Aaron Rodgers, prime Drew Brees, you know what I mean? Prime Ben Roethlisberger, Tony Romo and Philip Rivers were the best fantasy football quarterbacks. So relax. Like, yeah, Josh Allen doesn't have to be the best fantasy quarterback to be the best quarterback in the NFL. All right, guys, we got to move on here. We're going to move on yep. to our next segment to bet or not to bet. And this is an association with Dean Blundell and Dean Blundell Network and DeanBlundell.com. And today we are looking at the Los Angeles Rams and whether or not they can win the Super Bowl. DraftKings currently has them at plus 16, not Rams, Chargers. I apologize. I don't know why I have. Let's start this over again, guys, because I have the Rams here. I got the Chargers here. Mm -hmm. I'm confused about what we're talking about. Give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Yes. Okay. To bet or not to bet is an association with the Dean Blundell Network and DeanBlundell.com. And we're going to be looking at the Los Angeles Chargers winning the Super Bowl at plus 1,600. The Rams are actually at plus 1,000 to win the Super Bowl. The Chargers are plus 1,600. Let me lay it out for you guys. And I'm going to look at Football Outsiders DVOA system. They were the 12th ranked DVOA team in the league, fourth in offense, 26th in defense, 28th in special teams. Now they did address some of their defensive woes this year with bringing on a couple of players, JC Jackson being the headliner. One of the things that concerned me about the team that did not make the playoffs last season is they had the 15th easiest or worst schedule, whatever way you look at it. So right in the middle of the pack, they didn't have a tough schedule, but they didn't, you know, have the easiest of schedules, didn't make the playoffs. And uh, here's what uh, I just want to read you quickly the overview from Football Outsiders. This comes from Mike Tainer, who says, Brandon Staley's first year as an NFL coach was a mixed bag. Justin Herbert developed into an MVP caliber quarterback, and Staley proved to be one of the boldest and most often correct per the analytics fourth down decision makers in the league. But the Chargers run defense was feeble. Joe Lombardi's play calls in the red zone on some of the fourth down conversion attempts and elsewhere was suspect. And the Chargers just fell short of the playoffs in a stunning week. Week 18 overtime loss to the Raider. Raiders. The Chargers offseason agenda appears to be rather simple. Fix the defense, fix the short yardage offense, com uh, compete for a Super Bowl in 2022. Here's the problem. The Los Angeles Chargers play in the AFC West. They got to play the Denver Broncos. They have to play the Las Vegas Raiders. And you still got the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, who is, yes, Chiefs fans, the second best quarterback in the NFL. And because of all that, even at plus 1,600, I'm not comfortable betting on the Los Angeles Chargers because I can't even guarantee that they're going to make the playoffs this year. I'm going to go that bold. I can't even guarantee that they are going to make the playoffs this year. This is a team that could miss out again. Some of it could be because of Staley's decision-making. Some of it could be because J.C. Jackson gets burnt by some of those receivers in the West. I don't think that... Chargers fans actually understand just how much he gets beat by fast receivers. And now you got to go up against Devontae Adams and you got to go up against Jerry Judy and a bunch of good guys over in, uh, in, uh, in Denver. So yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not putting my money at plus 1600. I mean, I, I think the value is good enough, but it's too rich for my blood. 
Um, Mike, I'll go to you first, man, because uh, we went to Mario first the last time. You like the Chargers coming out of the West? You like them competing for a Super Bowl? And I mean, we're just talking about the West because you, yeah. you got to talk about beating the entire AFC, especially when we get to the playoffs. If you got to go up against the Chiefs in the playoffs, the Bills in the playoffs, Cleveland, if Deshaun Watson is playing, if Lamar Jackson is healthy in Baltimore, Indianapolis with Matty Ice and the best team that he ever played with, um, and all those different kinds of things. I mean, it, it's do you, do you trust the Chargers right now? Yeah, so there's there's two little pieces here, right? So the team that wins the West is going to be forged in fire. So I would bet on them to win the Super Bowl after getting out of the West. But again, that's the primary battle there. And I'm not sure that they're set up to do it. Not necessarily from an offensive pr- perspective. You know, I really like Justin Herbert. I really like the offense that they have. I don't know if I trust Staley. He does make some goofy decisions, and I don't know if that defense is quite there. So, um, no, I probably wouldn't take this bet, even though the odds are pretty good or the, the line is pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, they got some good offensive players there too, right? Uh, yeah. Austin Eckler, obviously, who we've talked a lot about. Keenan Allen, who we will be talking about coming up. Mario, let me let me flick it to you, man. Are you going to take some of that uh, hard-earned, blue-collared Buffalo money and put it on the uh, L.A. Chargers to win the Super Bowl this year? From a personal perspective, no. But if I'm a if I'm a Rams fan or a Chargers fan, you know it's not as daunting as a lot of people think. I mean, you look at some of their the, the, their opponents that they have to play. Obviously, they have to play Cleveland in the AFC. They're playing the AFC South. Okay, they're playing the NFC West along with the other teams in their division. So if you look at it, a lot of those teams, a lot of those playoff matchups will come down to. It, it, first it goes division record, then it goes conference record, then it goes you know common opponents. So if you're able to take care of business outside of your division, and let's say you get a split within your division, then the Rams could have an or the Chargers, sorry, the Chargers could have an outside shot of actually winning that division because of what they were able to do. I know you say J.C. Jackson, you know he gets burnt by a lot of fast guys. However, he is very physical at the line from the tape that I saw from him and he'd be able to kind of throw those guys off their routes. Remember you with, with, with Tillery, with Bosa, with Mac there, you don't have to, those receivers don't have to be pushed off their routes for too long. So, you know, those guys might be playing center field a lot back there with those horses that are going to be rushing. Me. So, I mean, obviously you mentioned the Broncos with Judy, uh, this can be a problem. You got Juju Smith in Kansas city and you got, um, Devonte Adams, those are just one guys on each team, one one player on each of those teams, and it's going to be tough. I'm gonna people are gonna love what that soap opera is going to be in the AFC West and how it unfolds and how all of those games may look like playoff games throughout the year, and it's going to be wonderful football for people to watch. Um, but I think that the outside games they have, they play Miami, they play Atlanta, they play the AFC South, and they play the NFC West. I think in those games that they play, they're going to win enough of them to make enough noise. You say, listen, okay. Let's just try to get a split. Let's try to win all of our home games in our division. Let's try to get those, okay? And then take care of business outside of division, especially in the AFC North and um, Miami and Cleveland. We gotta take I'm, care of. I'm gonna make a counter argument to you about the South. Okay. So you were on my Patreon hangout Friday night and I, I listened to you and, and Lawrence make an argument that Matt Ryan is playing on the best team he's ever played on. So that Colts team is not going to be a pushover. The Titans are not going to be a pushover. And I'm not saying these are two playoff teams, but my first and second place for most improved team from last year to this year 
is actually Jacksonville and Houston. Those are my picks for teams that I think are going to be. I think Davis Mills is going to take a step forward this year. I think they're going to do something around the draft to help him. Uh, I think that there's going to be an offensive lineman going first overall in Jacksonville to protect Trevor Lawrence a little bit. They got uh, Christian Kirk there now for $3 trillion a season. And uh, I, those are my two my two most approved teams. Now, they might beat them, but I think they could be a pain in the ass. And, and um, you know, I've learned moral victories don't work in football. No, they don't. And I understand where you're coming from with that. The thing that, I, and I'll compare it to the Bills. The Bills were really equipping their team to beat the Kansas City Chiefs because that's what they thought was going to be in the AFC title hunt all the time. They were trying to equip their defense to beat the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, in doing that, they sacrificed some things against the run because you know Kansas City is a power run team. For me, the Chargers are, are very balanced on the defensive side of the ball that they could take care of stuff in their own division where it's going to be very pass-happy, predicted to be very pass-happy. But you talk about Derrick Henry, you talk about Jonathan Taylor. Those two offenses that they're going to be seeing in the South are going to be stark contrasts to what they see in their own division. And I understand that. But I think that they still have the defensive makeup in order to contend with those teams and stop them, not just be one-dimensional defensively. I got a question for you as a Buffalo Bills fan. How do you feel about the way the AFC East is starting to shape up? And let me lay it out for you. Okay. Here it comes. Yep. No, but we've now heard these rumors that are going around that Debo Samuel is going to end up on the Jets. Um, They've already got a number one receiver there. So now they're basically going to have a really good tandem. You got, got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. So you got two sort of speed teams with two quarterbacks who can get out of the pocket. And then you've got the Patriots who are sort of building a physically tough team. We were we did a highlight on Jacoby Myers yesterday, and he mm-hmm. had the the highest the fourth highest percentage of contested catches last season. You know what I mean? Which again is is a tough physical thing to do. You got Devontae Parker, who's known for winning the 50-50 ball and being physical. So the Patriots have kind of taken the opposite effect. Everybody's chasing Buffalo, and everybody's obviously taking a different route. Belichick is basically saying, okay, if we're going to take back the East, we have to bully the Bills, where the Dolphins and the Jets are kind of taking, we're going to you know, try to go point for point, right? Like it's where, where I think the New England's looking, want to get into more of a dogfight. So as the Kings of the Hill, as you call it, the defending AFC's champions, two years in a row now. How do you like the way that the division, or like, what are you seeing, not like, but what are you seeing the way the division is beginning to to shape underneath Buffalo um, as people are, are chasing, trying to chase the Bills? Oh, there's there's so many moves that are being made within the division with the, all the moves that you just made, or, or all the moves you just mentioned. And it's, you're starting to see some real improvement come from a lot of these teams. Now, I, I have never been and will never be a fan of Tua. And it's not anything personal. I just don't think the guy's an NFL quarterback. I just don't think he is. You know, you got you got a Lamborghini and you're just keeping it in second gear all the time. Like, having Tua with Tyreek Hill and <laughs> those waddle down there, it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, it, has, it makes no sense to me. As far as the as far as the Jets go, I just pulled up their, you know, they made a great move to get Tom uh, Tomlinson from San Francisco. 
they've made some offseason moves. They have the fourth and the tenth overall pick. If they do end up dealing the tenth pick for Debo, they will have enough money in order to re-sign him. So he's going to be a problem for a while. You got Tyreek Hill, obviously. Um, those guys present the same type of um, dynamic as far as the Bills go. So I think if the Bills are able to take care of one of them, they can take care of the other. Now remember, Tyreek Hill is a dynamic player all by himself. Debo Samuel is a dynamic player all by himself. I think Shanahan's one of the best play callers and play designers in the NFL. I think that um, Andy Reid was one of it, it, the one of the godfathers of the West Coast. And he had Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey there, along with others, other guys. So he was able to be open that much so many times because of everything, everything around them. Those guys were able to do that. I'm curious to see if he gets straight to the Jets and what Hill is able to do with the Dolphins eventually. Like, I, I want to see if they get on their own. Like, basically, that's that's what I'm very curious about. Because if they can't, and they end up just... Because all, all they've known, really, all Tyreek Hill is known is winning. Now you're going to drop that guy into 305, and if they happen to get into a slide and they get to 500, they go under 500. Like, what is the dynamic of that team going to be? I'm so curious to see that. Because we've seen the Bills when they lose. I mean, we know what happens when they lose. We saw the Patriots what happened when they lose. I mean, they went and got a new quarterback. So, <laughs> you, know, you know, when we, you know, the Jets, the Jets oh have boy. lost. It, they're, they're climbing out. So. Did you want to mention that Mac Jones is throwing to two first-round picks again, too? I don't want to get muted. You know what, what amazes me? What amazes me is that Mario doesn't get chased by Patriots fans as much as I get chased by Bills fans. I like, never poked just... the bear on Twitter. It's all Twitter, dude. It's all Twitter. Oh, my God. All right, guys. We're going to have to get into uh, – <laughs> we're going to have to move on here. We're going to get into our, our Patreon questions. We do have three of them, two specifically for Mario. Uh, oh, one for Mike, none for me. I am not involved in any of them today. But guys, go join our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash DPN Sports for $5 a month to get your comments and questions answered on every episode of the Dear Pats Nation podcast. Plus, you get the Friday night hangout where you can come hang out on with us. And you get the little perks like this Thursday, NFL draft party. Guess what? You're all, all the Patreon crew is invited. Get here early because the spots fill up quick. And Mike's too cheap for me to, to pay for the, the more expensive stream yard. We can only get 10 people on at a time. And uh, Mike and I take up two spots. And we got some uh, cool yeah. people hanging out. Uh, Mario might come in and say hello. Not going to hang out for a long time, but say hello. Remember, I'm reminding him that he can come in through his cell phone if he's so pleased, if he's got uh, his other obligations. We got confirmation today that Thomas is coming all the way from Germany. And nice. the number one draft analyst in the world connor carney confirmed that the rumors are true and i think for the sake of mario i think i need to i need to share connor's tweet do i not so you can hear it yeah definitely so so kana uh sent me a video today and because i said can you send me a video confirming the rumors that you're going to be at the at the draft party and he did so let me share this with you guys i think mike i think we need to turn the music off for this like this is yeah let's do it i want to make sure that you can hear everything that he is saying let's do it so here he is it is super quiet 
Ray, I don't think anybody can hear this. Could you hear? Could you hear that, Mara? Yeah, I if hear you the punchline. No, because Mike's fucking talking through it. No, it, it literally sounds like whispering. That's all right. Just listen. <laughs> <laughs> is he trying to get me out of retirement? <laughs> I think he is. He is trying to get you out of retirement, dude. But that, that's, that's all right, Connor. That's all right, Connor. I'll be here and I'll be chilling with Nikhil Harry in his 57 Madden rating. <clears throat> Do you want to apologize now? So, what? <laughs> my show. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, all right, I'm done. <laughs> Anyways, all right, Kwana, I'll be I there. For, I forget where the fuck we were now. We were uh, we were getting to the Patreon questions. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> all right, so this one comes from Alex, who says, "Question for Mario: What are the Bills looking for in the first round of the draft, and who are they looking to draft?" I think due to the offseason moves and a lot of the things that have been going on in Buffalo Bills at One Bills Drive, you're going to have to try to shore up that uh, CB2 position, which is essentially going to be the CB1 for about eight weeks while Tredavious White is still on the shelf nursing that ACL that he uh, tore last year against the Saints. So if I was a betting man, I would say that the Buffalo Bills would be probably going and looking at maybe Gordon or Booth because Sauce will be off the board by then. I don't see them making any kind of crazy trades uh, at pick 25. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of Bills Mafia that are that are clamoring for Brees Hall to be drafted first uh, in the, with the first-round pick. So we'll just have to watch and see what the uh, Bills do at 25. Brees Hall. Hmm. So, unfortunately, Andrew Booth Jr. will be going with the 21st overall pick and will not be available at 25. You're welcome. <laughs> um, That's why I said but- Gordon. I had to cover my, my, my bets. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the Patriots are actually uh, we're not waiting for they're they're not waiting for somebody to come back from injury, but the Patriots are in a very similar uh situation. I did a piece the other day where I basically highlighted like the Patriots need to take a cornerback in the first round. It's not even an option for them. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the we you know we just you just discussed how the AFC East is sort of shaping out uh, from a, a Buffalo Bills perspective. Uh from a Patriots perspective with all those receivers, it's they need to do something in that secondary. I don't care how good you're your linebackers are how diverse your safeties are and they're all going to be in the box you need some cornerbacks and once you get past like the top 5 there's not a lot of plug and play guys there's some really good man guys there's some really good zone guys and with the way the patriots run defense you have to be able to do plug and play uh you know because when you play buffalo you got to play in a zone when you go up you know like it, it's it's a sort of hybrid man zone because you got to take care of josh allen and but then you got to be able to play man to man on the outside so i think the patriots got to take it that's why i think um you know obviously we know there could be two cornerbacks that go in the first in the top 10 and then you kind of got those other three and i'm wondering if a, if a corner could fall all the way to buffalo if they may have to move up to to try to get them well, a lot, a lot of, a lot of stink has been made with uh, Joe Shen, who went over to the Giants as the GM. He said, "I know what the Bills are going to do in the first four rounds." So, if Ooh. that information happened to be going out to various teams, even though he is in the NFC, obviously, they're picking twenty fifth. So, there's a lot of buyers that would like to know what's on the Bills draft board. 
Brandon Bean decides to get bold and trade away a, for a first round. I mean, I even suggested it on our channel. I said that he might trade the 2023 first rounder because of all the first rounders they still have to sign that they drafted already. So you never know. It yeah, it gets interesting, right? Especially when you get to a, a salary cap perspective. Sometimes mm -hmm. a first round pick is just too expensive. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's because I think Philly had to trade away one of theirs because they had an accumulation of first rounders and they had to get rid of one because they couldn't afford it salary cap wise. Yep. They had to they had to move on from a first round pick. So it's yeah, it's it's always interesting, you know. And and Buffalo is going to start experiencing a little bit about what you know New England had to experience where. I think the big spending and free agency is over now. And now it's like now the draft becomes like the most important pieces for the next couple of years. Cause now you need the cheap salaries to surround Josh Allen and, and Stefan Diggs offensively. And then, I mean, defensively, like I, I know I keep making the Jordan Poyer joke, but like, he's like what, 30 years old, 31 years old. Like he's not a, he's not a spring chicken anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's, you know, how, how old is Hyde? Is he younger, same age, older? I think they're both 29, 30, something around around there. Yeah. So they're becoming old guys. I mean, obviously Trey White is a guy that you're going to build around. Um, is he on a contract now or is he still on his rookie deal? Who's that? White? Trey White. No, he's yeah. on his, he, he got his extension. He got his deal. He, he, okay. He, he's still on his deal. Yeah. Do you guys think that uh, Belichick is going to extend there or is going to do the fifth? Did, did he do the uh, fifth year option for Nikhil Harry? Did he give? Did he, did he? They would have. They would have had to do that at the end of his th uh, third third year or fourth, fourth year. Fourth year. He was do a first it at the round end pick. of this year. He was a he was a first rounder, twenty nineteen first round pick. Right. Yep. Did they do it? I don't know if they did. So this is his fourth no. year. They would have had to do it already. So for next year, uh, today was the deadline. Next year's his yeah. fifth year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have do it already. Yeah. I don't know. I think they should pay him fifteen million. I think it's. I think he deserves it. I think he's earned it. I think it's. All right, I got another. I got another Patreon question for for you here. Um, this one is from Mike. It says Mike, what is the possibility of Mikey singing the Canadian national anthem with Ray? He's still got time to practice. I know, like the first verse, like everybody else does. I'll leave that up to Ray. His voice is glorious. I don't want to insult. I heard. I heard a comedian the other night that said that our national anthem makes us sound like a, an afterthought. Oh, Canada! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Canada! <laughs> and uh, this final question comes from Articular Pack Six, and it goes directly from Mario. Question for Mario: Where did his hatred of tables come from that causes him to jump through them? Oh God! False on so many levels. I'm a big fan of tables. That's why I don't jump through them. I just always <laughs> thought the whole act was really dumb. Why do you deny this every time you're on here? I, I when there's video evidence that you've gone through a table. I've gone through one table, and that was because I got a little sauced up, and I said if we get 150 <laughs> likes on a video, I would let Paul put me through it, which is the highest I've ever jumped in about 15 years. <laughs> you had so, to jump? I had to jump. Because Paul uh, couldn't put you through it? <laughs> no, he could pick me up kidding me uh i just want to give everyone a uh, a preview now now bear in mind this is the cleveland browns but the, the topic that we we're just talking about with multiple first round picks I just want what to does out. this have to do with tables i, wa I wanted to go back why to is he deflecting this is, what, this is why because we're gonna it's dumb okay go ahead go ahead <laughs> okay in 2017 obviously you guys remember that the cleveland browns had three first round picks they used it on miles garrett then ended it jubiro peppers and david njoku okay they were only able to keep two out of those three, and that even happened when they put a franchise tag on one of them. Okay, The following year, they took Baker and Denzel Ward because they had the first and the fourth overall picks. 
Mm-hmm. Look who they decided to pick. So taking first round pick, having multiple first round picks, yeah, it's nice and it's great. You're able to load up your team, but in four years, you have to make a decision. The Bills are making that right now. I mean, they already signed Josh Allen, but they also draft Tremaine Edmonds in that first round. And people are like, is he here? Does he get traded on draft day? What are the Bills going to do? So while having a lot of first round picks is nice, getting rid of first round picks if you have multiple ones is really a smart decision to make if you already if you're going for a proven talent. Edmonds for Nikhil Harry, straight up. Dude, he can he can he can run block, dude. He can run block like OJ Howard now. We don't need Nikhil Harry. Oh no, he's better than OJ Howard run blocking. Have you seen him run block? Did you see him blow up? I love how you even mentioned they're two different positions. Did you see him blow up Miles Garrett? Give me Kyle Duggar and and you got it. Fuck you, Kyle Duggar. (laughs) All the first round picks that Belichick has accumulated. Jabril Peppers. (laughs) (laughs) Duggar's a second rounder, wasn't he? Yeah, Duggar yeah. was. But like we, yeah. we got Mac Jones, Nikhil Harry, Jabril Peppers, Devontae Parker, Devin McCourty. We're just full of first round first first round picks, man. Devin McCourty's 90. First round pick. And? Dude. Oh, first round pick. Are you talking about oh. ever? Ever. <laughs> yes, ever. <laughs> ever. First. Dude, the Patriots have had two MVP quarterbacks in the last three years. Stop it! <laughs> they have. Stop it! <laughs> you know that that's, that is that brilliant. Was, that was my argument for like Nikhil Ariel. I was so pissed, and I was like, after like trashing Cam Newton for eight straight months, I was like, Nikhil Ariel's played with two former MVPs, and neither of them wanted to throw him in the football. <laughs> <laughs> Nikhil Ariel has played. With two former MVPs and a first-round draft pick, and all three of them will not throw him the football. What did we say the other night? We looked at him, he had 37 targets or something oh all God, season. Yeah. Dude, he had under 40 targets the entire season. The guy was a first-round pick in 2019. He's in his prime right now. Like, he's in the, that four-year window when you're like, you are the man. The towel sitting next to Mike's bed has been targeted more than Nikhil Harry. Yeah. Oh, dude. Today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. He goes today. <laughs> oh, oh man. Nation after dark, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we got to move on here. Ladies right. and gentlemen, we're going to be serving Pat's Nation. It is brought to you by Newsbreak. Download the free Newsbreak app and stay up to date with all your local news all in one place. Newsbreak uses geolocation to accumulate all of your local news all on the app. Help support Dear Pat's Nation by downloading the dynamic, customizable, free Newsbreak app using the link that I left in the description. And uh, we kind of foreshadowed this before, but... Devin McCourty doesn't give up a lot of touchdowns. So I saw this very interesting uh, stat today. And I know he's a safety, so take it all with a grain of salt. But PFF, uh, New England Patriots put out the most coverage snaps played last season without allowing a touchdown. Uh, Antoine and Winfield Jr. was in first with 676. Jordan Poyer in second with 666. Weird number. Jordan Fuller in third was 644, and the 205-year-old Devin McCourty was 621. Uh, You know, we all talked about bringing back Devin McCourty this season as a a moral pick for the Patriots, a leadership pick for the uh, leadership signing for the Patriots. 
you know, help mentor the young guys in the dressing room, the Kyle Duggars of the world and whoever the cornerback is going to be and that type of thing. However, uh, Devin McCourty apparently can still play football a little bit. And I think that he may not be what he was way back in the day. And we make jokes about him being a first round draft pick, you know, back when my grandmother was uh, still, you know, dating my grandfather and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, he had 44 tackles last year. He had three interceptions on the season. And uh, he only allowed 10 receptions in total. Had a 76 overall grade on on, on PFF. Um, let me go to the outsider first, and then we'll switch over to, to Mike, the homer. Is Devin McCourty at the age of 34, he'll be 35 this season, is he still a guy that can make an impact on the field, in your opinion? Oh. 100%. I mean, the amount of time that he's been in New England, what he's been able to do, he, he's one of those guys where you're starting to see this now as far as a lot of uh, players, when they come in the league, they come in at maybe, maybe come in at a corner. I think Charles Woodson is like the most famous guy to do this. You know, you, you start at a corner and then they move over to safety because they have such knowledge of the game. They know everything is, even though they may have lost a step or two. And I'm not saying McCordy has lost a lot of steps. The guy can still move. He knows and can predict and see where the play is developing, where it's going to go, and what he needs to do. The, the most amazing thing about that is you're talking about this guy over the past four seasons has only allowed 11 touchdowns in 65 games. I mean, that's – but he also has 11 picks in that as well. So that being said, he's not a banger. He's not going to come up and just smash somebody in the face anymore at his age. That is the reason that they have Kyle Duggar and Jabril Peppers. What he's going to do is he's going to play center field back there. He's going to direct traffic. And why one of – if you're a Patriots fan, you should rest assured that having McCourty back there rather than drafting some young, hot shot guy that's 23 years old that could fly around the field is a better option for the New England Patriots going into 2022. Weird fact. I always thought that Devin McCourty was like a big guy. Like wow. a like a big tall like safety. 5'10? He's five ten, one ninety five. I thought he was at least like six one, six two. I didn't realize he was that short. I'm taller than him. You're like a giant compared to him. You he, play, <laughs> he, he plays big though, man. That guy plays big. What he are you six so. four? Five. Five. He does play big. That's why I thought that he was taller than that. Yeah. Like I thought he was at least like I'm six one. I thought him and I could be the same height type of thing. I mean, Mike's taller than him. No, I'm not. mike mccordy um we originally you and i discussed that this was more of a moral signing than anything else however the stats and some of those things may say different no yes um yeah it it was a moral signing and i thought he could still play but here's the thing too it's yes age is a good thing but you know, originally, before some of these acquisitions, we weren't necessarily talking about the Patriots being in a window where they could win. So my original argument was, you know, it's time to get younger. So if they have somebody they can put back there, I would rather see young players play because this is kind of a, a problem that Belichick has had. You've been keeping Hightower, McCourty, Collins, you know, and potentially recycling more guys, and you just end up with in this conundrum where you're keeping 40-year-old defensive players and you're not trusting your young talent to play. Now, that was the argument on hand a few weeks ago. I think the Patriots have made some good um, acquisitions to both keep the defense or get the defense younger 
and keep their experienced players. Now, Devin McCourty can still play. I think we saw two years ago or even this year, he made an interception and he was clocked as like one of the fastest players in the league. So ironically enough, for an, for an older guy, speed is not an issue for him in a defense that supposedly has a lot of speed issues. So that does help as well. Do you know, you know what's disgusting to me? Is you're sitting here referring to Devin McCourty as old, you know, like he's this old man and yep. Belichick can do it. Devin McCourty was born August 13th, 1987. I was born August 19th, 1986. So for you to be trashing him, calling him old, and he's just this old man. I mean, think about how Mario must feel right now. I know. Like, I, I'm, I'm, listen. Oh, he just left. Wow offended uh so mario did put on the uh did put on in the chat oh, he's back you want to share your stats oh yeah uh there are currently i know just to, it's the counter a little bit uh real quick what mike was saying was that there are currently six players i said there are currently six players on the patriots right now that are over 30 i think he has been infusing a lot of more younger uh, talent yeah but and then i looked again and i forgot that uh, there's actually eight: the long snapper, and Joe Cardona, Nick Folk. Yeah, but Nick Folk could play till he's fifty. He's gonna be like Tom Brady, that's gonna play until his late forties and still be kicking fucking fifty yarders in the wind, uh, with with a tornado behind him, with someone late pointing a laser in his eye, and he's still gonna be putting those through. He's gonna be you the forgot only... about Joe Cardona, the best yeah. long snapper in the league. Oh God, no! Uh, Reed Ferguson is please. No, no, no. Snap no. flow sixty nine on Twitter. No. Go check him out. Uh, Nick Folk is going to be the only NFL player that's also simultaneously a U.S. senator. So that's going to be pretty amazing when he does that. <laughs> I cannot wait till that day happens. And the emergence Ugh. of Trey Nixon. Those are the only two things I'm worried about yes, this year. the emergence of Trey Nixon. So are Nixon. you saying that when we all start writing him in, on, on the, <laughs> when everybody starts writing Nick Folk in on the ballot? I mean, Nick Folk in. David Ortiz was almost the mayor of a town in, in Massachusetts. I don't know if you knew that. He was almost the mayor of Boston. He had so many write-ins. Oh, yeah. He, what was that? That was, I think, shortly after the marathon. And, like, he had something like like thousands of write-ins. It wasn't like a couple of people. There's like a thousands of write-ins voting for David Ortiz <laughs> to be the mayor of Boston. You know, that's one of one of my favorite commercials of, of his is like a Boston theme when they had um, Chris Evan, John Kuzminski, oh, and they had yeah. Big Poppy up in the window. Yeah. Oh, it's Big Poppy. Right. Sorry, yeah. to... was that a Sorry, you big commercial? <laughs> was that a Duncan commercial? No, it was. It wasn't. A, it would have been great was, if it was. It was. Uh, was that the Hyundai? This one? has got Smock Pock. Yeah, Smock yeah, Pock. Yeah, Smock Pock. That's <laughs> it. Smock Pock. No, him and it's Gronk. Did, him and Gronk did the Duncan's commercial together. Oh, they did. That's That's yeah, they did. I love it. There's a Duncan in Germany now. Uh, Mar- uh, Thomas tweeted it out. He got very excited. There's a Dunkin' Donuts all the way in Europe. We don't have oh. them here in Canada anymore, though. They've left. Well, Timmy ran them out. Yeah. Great Toronto Maple Leaf. What can I say? I think his banner. Germany's going to be disappointed by American Donuts. Donuts. Of course his banner. What else are they going to hang there? <laughs> I don't his know. Banner hangs, his banner know. hangs in Toronto, too. I don't know. Epstein? <laughs> <laughs> Keelaf or no, who was it? Pat LaFontaine. That was your big guy, right? Uh, Pat LaFontaine and McGillney and, and the boys. Oh, yep. Dude, you're gonna you guys are the only ones that have Brad Bay in the rafters. Mayday! Mayday! <laughs> Mayday! <laughs> that was so funny. 
was do a you kid. want to uh do you want to address the new york yankees for a minute here the new york yankee fan base that's that's on, up on to behalf you. of paul 100 what am i addressing i don't know the beer throwing and the beer can throwing at the the cleveland guardian players over the weekend no i did not know about this we did what not know the, about it what is the story so um the yankees came back and they walked off cleveland in the uh in the ninth inning and the yankee fans at in the bronx uh began to pepper cleveland outfielders with like tall boy beer cans like half full full water bottles and uh friggin instead of celebrating with their teammates like stanton and judge had to run out there and start screaming at the fans and not be not be dicks wow i mean they're gonna end up imposing certain things about you know open container laws at, at stadiums now because of the acts of a few but that's that's just outright ridiculous like i don't i don't know why people feel the need that they can do those types of things to another human being i don't understand that it's embarrassing right we had that in toronto here like just and everybody knows like i'm not really a blue jay fan actually this year i'm neutral completely i've everybody knows that i've decided i'm not cheering for any baseball team this year i'm just watching baseball but um it was during the wild card round a few years ago and a, a guy they're playing against baltimore in the wild card game and a baltimore Ray or baltimore orioles outfielder went to go catch a pop fly and a fucking lawyer from toronto actually from hamilton so it's basically buffalo but uh, uh a lawyer from hamilton threw a fucking uh threw a beer at the player as he was trying to catch the catch the ball and it was just like and then when when kevin durant got injured in the in the finals in the nba and fucking toronto game was standing they did like a standing ovation not for him like because all you hurt getting up like they cheered because his achilles blew up and they were excited that he wasn't playing anymore and it's just been like there's been like a couple moments where you're just like you're from the city and you're just like i'm so fucking embarrassed to be a part of this fan base right now <laughs> all right um i got I, we're gonna skip the the dawkins thing if you're okay with that um, yeah that's fine i just wanted I, to throw a little nugget out there for everybody a little fun statistic if you're talking about the draft go ahead you just want one little comment about the draft did you guys know that in 2017 when the houston texans traded up to the 12th spot to get deshaun watson do you know what team they traded with to get that pick what team Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> well, the Cle- that Cleveland—that's what Cleveland got. That, that's why they had three picks in the following draft. They had the twenty-fifth. Okay. Uh, they got their—they got the Houston. I'm sorry, they got Houston's twenty-fifth round selection, and they got the twenty-eighteen first round pick. <laughs> but they traded with Cleveland. Now we, it comes full circle, boys. Well, I saw oh, something like that man. the other day that. Um... Denver traded up to get Brock Osweiler, <laughs> and then they Seattle. Traded Houston? Or, uh, no, I can't remember. Something to do with Seattle. And then Seattle took Russell Wilson the same draft. Like it was like just the the whole piece. All right, so I want to get into this one here because I found it very, very, very interesting. And this is uh, brought to you by nobody. This is just uh, if you guys want to, if someone wants to sponsor it, you're more than you're more than welcome. But I saw this come out today, and I thought it was an interesting thing. Most passing touchdowns versus the Blitz since 2020. Aaron Rodgers in first with 30 made total sense to me. Josh Allen in second with 26 made total sense to me. Tied for second with 26 
Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins, who I believe is an underrated quarterback. I think he takes too much hate around the NFL. But he's not a guy that I associate with taking advantage of the blitz. You know, like <laughs> like I think of Rodgers and Allen, and I think of them, you blitz them, they get out of the pocket, and they get around all the defenders. And then, you know, for Allen, he throws across the field, or Rodgers does. Like, they do stuff. Surprised, boys, I'll let you guys, whoever wants to go first, surprised that Cousins is in that, in that top three, actually tied for second, top two uh, for touchdown passes against the blitz. Mario, you can go first. I'm not at all. I mean, if you want to look at the pure statistics here from from uh, Kirk, I was just talking about last year, 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven picks. Rodgers, 4,100 yards, 37 touchdowns, seven picks. Rodgers, he, he won the MVP, right? Correct? Is that what I'm saying? He did, yes. Yep. Rodgers won the MVP because he went 13-3. and three. Cousins went 8-8. Uh, eight and eight. He only played 16 games. <laughs> so that all being considered – Right, yeah, but you, you think about it, you think, of, okay, when you blitz Rodgers, when you blitz Allen, they're going to elude the blitz with their legs, and they're going to find somebody for a touchdown. I understand that. And I'm not comparing these two. I'm just giving the example. Cousins is more of the Brady type, where if you blitz him, you're giving him the answers to the test. So he knows where the gaps are going to be in the zones where you vacate for the blitz. So if you're like, okay, if I'm able to identify that they're coming off this edge over here on my left, I know that they're coming there. I know I have a receiver that has to replace it. Boom, one guy less in coverage. I understand the format of what's going on in my offense. I understand. Cousins, I, you know, he's been in the league a while, and he's been – the reason he's getting paid what he's getting paid is because he's able to identify and diagnose blitzes really quick that are coming at him. So that doesn't surprise me at all that, that, that Cousins is up there, but it does surprise me that um, that Rodgers is up there. I wouldn't blitz Rodgers at all, ever. I wouldn't – because he's the same type of guy where – he has a little bit more more mobility, but you're giving these guys that have been in the league six, seven years, you know, five, six years, you're giving them the answer to the test when you blitz them. It doesn't make no, you know, unless you're able to completely disguise it, it makes no sense to blitz some of these guys. It really does. I would, you know what, guys, and, and I'm going to go back to an athleticism standpoint for a second. I'm going to talk about the Rodgers and the Josh Allens and Patrick Mahomes and those kind of guys, right? The guys who can athletic athletically beat you. You have to. I go back to the win game against uh Patriots versus Buffalo. The Patriots did not blitz the entire game. The entire game. I mean, they may have ran some some soft blitzes, some zone blitzes, but never ran like a an all-out blitz. Like a like a you know what I mean? Like they never ran an all-out blitz. They never had um I can't I don't know why my mind is blank right now. Uh zero zero blitz, right? Um that no, I'm not even whatever um until the fourth down play at the end of the game you know what i mean like they didn't blitz the entire game oh yeah 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 and then he put out an all-out blitz on the last play of the game and that makes sense to me because you could almost tell the buffalo's offensive line and josh allen weren't ready for it and that's when he kind of like errantly threw the ball in the middle of the field trying to hit cole beasley and ended up like skipping it across the field but if you did that to Allen five six times a game maybe the first time you take him off guard the second time he, he's either going to hit somebody quick or he's going to run for 45 yards and you've got nobody to to get him you know what I mean and I and 
again, Mahomes is going to do the same thing. Kyler Murray is going to do the same thing. Rodgers is going to do the same thing. Like it's just athletically, you can't keep blitzing these guys because they'll just they'll they'll kill you. We're back in the day. It was like you couldn't blitz Brady because he was just going to dump it off to Julian Edelman, and Edelman was going to get 18 yards before any linebacker could get in on him, or his safety would have to come down. You know what I mean? Um. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, Mike. I'll turn it over to you. Cousins, shock, surprise. Uh, actually, it doesn't. For um, and I'll mention one. You know, reason Mario kind of didn't is the Vikings line is kind of trash. If you look at some of their biggest needs, it's their interior offensive line and their center are not good, not at all. Um, and I believe their right tackle may not be that great as well. So he he's he's going to be under pressure. So he has to adapt to it. And I think he's been under pressure for quite some years now. I don't think they've ever had like a spectacular offensive line that I can remember in uh, recent history. So that could be a big piece of it as well. He's just become very comfortable under pressure because he knows it's coming. All right. Completely off topic boys. Uh Oh, where's he, where's he taking us? I don't, know. I don't know. I just I see this headline and I have to share it. The rave moms want to save EDM. <laughs> During the height of the pandemic, many women in the EDM scene took to social media to host online raves. Nice. Now that people are stepping back into the real world, the rave moms want to help newcomers and returning community members create a better, safer, and inclusive scene. Nice. The rave moms aren't really moms, they mother newcomers in the EDM community. The niche allow women to have their say in a largely male-dominated space, and now that festivals are ramping up again, they hope to create a safer community for EDM lovers. If there was ever a time that I, and I say this with all due respect, that I wish Marco was still alive, this is the time. Because I would love to have this discussion with him, the rave moms. Oh, yeah, he'd be great for this one. The right, Yeah. Rest in peace, love vibration yes, nation. The rave moms, and uh, that's it. Done, finished. Kaputs, Dunskis, Niente, Zirho. Mario looks like he went through a table. Fuck off. <laughs> Good- <laughs> Goodbye. DeanBundell.com, RayRoute.com, NewsBreak.com, Halftime App. Do it. Do it. Do it. Mm. You're all legit, kid. Yeah. Hey, I can. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests blue hotel hotline and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.
do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. <laughs>